So good morning. So yesterday we analyzed more or less the cases of the Mishnah. So the Gemara brings were still there was a very end of the first page, base and with base, two, two, two B. Umale Ramasna Lavaye. Ramasna questioning Abaye. Atamnia Habian. So looking yesterday's Shit, I'll go back to the Mishnah. So the Mishnah presented two, there are four, for each case. So when the poor, when we, at the very beginning of the Shit, we focus on the poor, let's review it. So he, when he extended his hand inside and he brought something into the house. So, and he left it into the householder hand so because he did both uh, the Akira and the Anaha, so he's Hayav, and the householder is going to be completely exempt. Or if he took an object from the householder's hand and he brought it, the Ani, the poor person outside, also he did both the Akira and the Anaha, the uprooting of the object and the placing it outside. And again, that's when he's going to be liable for a Hatas. By the way, all, whenever you find him, Masech Shabbos, Chayav, liable, is to be in a Korban Chattas, to be in the sacrifice of, by mistake, breaking Shabbos. Now, then, uh, cases three and four, when the Melacha was done by both of them, so because we're going to see today's Gemara, without the shame, it was in partnership, both of them are exempt, but it was forbidden on a rabbinical level. That is case number three, when he extended his hand inside and the householder took the object from the hand of the poor. So the poor did the Akira and the householder did the, the Anaha, the taking the object to, make, to place it in its resting place. And case number four, when he placed an object into the householder's hand and um, Yeah, the householder took his hand outside of the window. Then the ani, the poor person, placed the object into the householder's hand outside of the house. And then the householders brought the hand in together with the object. Again, it wasn't shootful. And a similar case is in the other four. So why is have Masna's questioning? They are, on, they are not only eight. He said, Tartisari avian. It should be really not only eight, it should be 12. So why 12? So go, please go to the new sheet I gave you. Because, okay, the first two, it's only two when the poor is the one doing the melach. But in the, in the cases, in the following two, it's really not only two, because each person is doing something. So look in the top of the sheet, I put three and four, five and six. Two melachas in cases three and four were done by the poor. The poor extended his hand inside with the object, which in case number three, the Ani did the Akira. But when the householder took the object, is, is now is the householder in a melacha. So please notice, I'm not changing the cases, the cases is exactly the same. The, what the Gemara is doing, what Ramazan is questioning, 
It's just the breakup of the cases. Because why should you call one case when both the Ani and the Balabais did the Melacha? It wasn't one case. Each one did the Melacha. So number three is the Ani doing the, the Akira, bringing the object inside. And then no, case number five is the householder taking the object and doing the Anaha. And the same thing when the householder took the, house, uh, the hand out of the house. So then when the Ani placed the object into his hand, so the Ani did the Akira. But then it was, when the householder brought his hand in with the object, he did the Anaha, the resting of the object. So it would be another case. So it comes out that in the beginning of the Mishnah is six cases. And then focusing in the householder, he did in another six cases. So it should be a total of 12 cases. Is that clear? So it's going on the cover again, not the Hefsa. Because the cover is basically 12 cases, but the Hefsa is actually eight. Right, right. Thank you. Very good. It's a good way to put it, yes. Very good, yeah. In terms of the Melacha, yeah. We won't call the Hefsa because Melacha has to go after the Gavra. There's no shah to call Melacha and the Hefsa. Maybe it's Maclocus once holding his name. No, no, no. Hefsa means object. 12. No, no. Nobody looks in the object. No, no, no. You look in the Melacha. The Melacha is going on the person. So. The, the difference between the Mishnah and the Masnas Kasha, the Mishnah is present, presenting it, the combined Shutfus as one. But if you really look at it, it's not one, it's really two. That is the Kasha of Masnas. But you're right. If you look from the perspective of the object, it would be only eight. The perspective of the people would be really twelve. So Abaye says, Veletamaych. And according to you, Veletamaych, according to your reasoning, She's, she Adian is not only 12, <laughs> it really should be 16. He said, because if you're breaking every case individually, so also at the very beginning of the Mishnah, so look, 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 back in, look down into Abaye in the sheet I gave you. So in the beginning of the Mishnah, it's also, why do you make a package deal and only telling me was one case when the Ani extended his hand inside and placed the object into the, 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 the Balabai's hand, he said, no, each one look at each person. So in the Reisha, when the Ani extended his hand inside and placed the object, so from the Ani is one case, but then the householder, the fact that he received the object would be a different case. So you can really break the Mishnah into 16 cases. So that is the Kasha of Abayi back to Rav Masna. So says by Rav Masna Beshlama, he said, it works okay. Now we're moving to page three. Baba Deresha. Baba, what is Baba? Baba Kama, Baba Baba Basa. What is Baba? Gates. Gates, very good, the case. So the case of the Reisha, which is when it's obligated from the Torah, is Patur Umutar Lokesani. You know what is not 16? Because the Balabais, not only his uh, patur, his exempt, but he's even mutar, he's even a chathila, he didn't do absolutely nothing. So that's why the Mishnah doesn't call that a case. He's absolutely, completely exempt and completely even permitted from a Shabbos kind of point. Obviously, 
we spoke about it yesterday, there's, there's a provision of Bifne Iber. He, he wouldn't be permitted to do something and helping somebody to do a transgression. But from the perspective of the loss of Shabbos, mm. the person inside didn't break anything, and even from the outside, would be permitted for him to do it. So that's why, says Amasna, we don't need to break the beginning cases into two. Elababa the Seifa, but the gate, the cases of when both did it in partnership, the Patur of Alasur, Kasha, this is Ramazna's question. That is Patur because they did it together. We're going to see it right now in the same page why they're exempt. But nevertheless, it's Asur. You cannot do a Melacha, even, even though from the Torah is okay. But rabbinically, you shouldn't do a Melacha in partnership. So, so Ramazna is defending his Kasha, why the Mishnah only says eight, when in, in truth it should, should be twelve. Says the Gemara, hold on. You want to tell me that it's not 16 because you're telling me, for example, in the first two, that the Balabais, not only his patur, but even, even on a rabbinical level, he's okay? There's no provision whatsoever? Is there, in any question of Vichos Shabbos, patur umutar? Whenever you hear whether a Mishnah, whether an Amora saying patur, not only that is exempt, but even the ismutar, even the chathila can be done for you to tell me that the four cases, the two where someone of them is higher from the Torah and the other one says patur, you're telling me it's patur, umutar, even from the outset, he's permitted to do it? But listen to what Shmuel taught later on in Pech Kuvzain. Call Peturi the Shabbos. Whenever you find the word exempt in Yucho Shabbos, even though it's patur, it's exempt, he doesn't have to be a korban, a sacrifice. Aval asur. But rabbinically, it's forbidden to do it. Bar meanitlati. Except for the following three. So you see right away the Gemara gives us the siman for page three. It's going to be the only three cases of Shabbos that is both the, the, from the Torah is exempt and even rabbinically you're permitted to do it. One of them is uh, the patur mutar, tzidas tzvi, a trapping of a deer. So look in the footnotes. We're talking in a case that a deer went into somebody's house on Shabbos. So you say, oh, I give Baltic, I have a bride for Motri for Melave Malka. So what a person is doing, one of the 39 Melachos is Tzeda. You cannot trap an animal on Shabbos. So what does the guy does, do? He sits down in the entrance, in a chair, and he's blocking the exit of the house. So now the, ear, the deer is trapped into the house, and the guy, by sitting, he's blocking the deer to go out. Now he comes, his brother, and he also sits next to the, to the first one sitting. So the first one is doing the melacha of Tzeda. By him sitting, he's blocking the exit, the deer cannot go out. Now his brother that sits next to him, he's not doing anything. He's just there, and the other one is the one blocking the deer. So what this Allah is telling us, if the first one stands up, let's say he wants to go to the toilet. The second one can stay sitting down, even the rabbinical, no provision, because he didn't do anything. 
When he sat down, he wasn't doing anything. Now that the other one stood up, even though that he's the one blocking the deer from running out, but he's not doing anything, just sitting down. So that's the first case that is puta, uh, that is muta, that is patur muta. He's exempt, and even the outside is permitted. The second one is tzedas anachash. You also can trap a snake. Now, what is the, what is the basis of this, this permission? We have a concept, and let's get familiarized to Ilho Shabbos, which is called Melacha Shenatzicha Legufa. Melacha is a labor when you don't need the benefit of the result of the Melacha. How does it apply to a snake? Tzeda, trapping is forbidden when you want to trap the animal for the animal, like in the case of the deer. You want to make a braai of deer meat. Have you ever eaten? Uh, is it delicious? Okay, maybe maybe like what pudding we still can do it for tonight, a braai of deer. So, have you eaten deer? Okay. So, when you when you want the animal for the sake of having the animal, that is a melacha. You want to eat the animal. But we, in the case of a snake, I mean, just the Chinese people, Hashem mm-hmm. we hear about Hashem, the, the Eden and the Kashrus, we're not planning to eat the snake. So the seida of, of the snake is not for the sake of the snake, rather because you don't want the snake around. So that is a melacha, that is a, a labor, you don't need the result, you don't want the snake, you want to get rid of the snake. So that from the Torah is permitted. The Torah never answers a melacha shenatzicha legufa. But rabbinically, they said, don't do it as a fence. But in the case of a snake, now, also look in the footnotes. We're not dealing with a snake that is really pikuach nefesh, that is dangerous, that can, can kill a people. That for sure, you can break everything. At Salah, you can do melachas and Shabbos. But we're talking a snake or a scorpion is going to be quite painful. So when it comes to someone, well, let's say a bee next to, to a baby, that my baby may, maybe is pikuach nefesh, but a bee in an adult that can be quite painful, so you're, or, or a spider, you're allowed to kill it, well, not kill it, I'm sorry, to trap it. Kill it would be a different story, only pikuach nefesh. But you're allowed to trap it, because it's only rabbinical, melacha shenatzichel gufa. but in this case, you're even a chathila, you're allowed to do it to trap the snake, not to cause uh, uh, the pain of its bite. And the third one, I sent you yesterday a picture. You can look at it now in your phones. Sorry, it's not such a nice picture. It's called Mapis Mursa, lancing a boil. So if somebody has, look in the picture, has some, has a pus, how you pronounce it? In, pus, in a boil, and you're in pain, as long as you don't do a perfect opening, because that would be forbidden mamish from the Torah, but just to puncture it and to let the, the pulse go out, to drain it, so hachamim is, is the same idea. Is You're making an opening, but you're not interested in the opening. You're just interested in letting the pulse drain. So because of the pain, also, hachamim permitted. So, going back to the question that uh, we're asking over here, how can you tell me Abaye? Uh, no, this is a question to Ramasna. How can you tell me Ramasna 
that in the first cases of the Mishnah is patur and mutar is also permitted even in a rabbinical level when according to Shmuel there's only three such cases. Says the Gemara, no, don't, don't compare them. When Shmuel needed to teach us these three cases, that are permitted even on a rabbinical level when the person is doing an act by sitting in the entrance blocking the deer or by trapping the snake or by opening the, the, the boil. So that is only three. But pturi de lo que but cases that a person is exempt and even permitted on a rabbinical level by not doing something, sheve alta se, ikatuba. There's many cases like that. So in our case, the balabais, he's just putting the hand like this, and the ani is the one that uprooted the objects from the from the public domain, and he placed it in the hand of the balabais. The balabaita is not doing anything, so sheve alta se, he's passive. There's many cases like that. There's going to be patur umutar. Exempt, exempt from the Torah, and even on a, on a rabbinical level, he's going to be permitted. So now we go back to the question. So if I defend the Ramasna, he defended his position, why we don't break the first two and also the other two of the Balabais into four? So the question goes back. It should be 12. So what the Mishnah says only eight. So the Gemara says, um, Mikol Makom, Mikol Makom, In any case, going back to the question, should be 12 cases. So the Gemara is going to tell you why the Mishnah didn't split into, into 2 and 2 and 2 and 2 to make 12. Says the Gemara, Pturi, Diasi Beolidei Chiyuv Chatas, only the exemptions, the exempt, when the person could have come to transgress and to bring a korban chatos, kachashim. That's what the Mishnah counted. The lo asibeu lidei chiyub chatos, lo kachashim. But in the case where the person could have not come to, to be liable for the korban chatos, that's why in those cases the Mishnah didn't count them. So if you look in the footnotes number six and seven, Ashkel brings three explanations. The first one, which is a part of the text, is the way, the way Rashi learns it. In the first explanation, because Rashi brings two explanations. So the first explanation of Rashi is that only when somebody does the Akira, when somebody does the uprooting, we are in a, we're concerned if he ends, ends, ends up placing and doing the Anaha, he might come to do to, to come lehi obchatas. He might end up being liable for a korban because he started the melacha, and if he doesn't finish it in a partnership, he might end up transgressing the Torah. But the one that is only doing the anacha, he will never come to transgress on his own because he never did the akira. So therefore, says the Gemara, that while the Mishnah only counts eight, because the Mishnah only counted the person doing the beginning act. So that's why we go to yesterday's sheet. So number three is when the Ani extended his hand inside, 
Now, even though the householder took the object from it, since the householder will never come to transgress and to require uh, a korban hatas, so the Mishnah didn't count the householder. The, the commission only counted the Ani, because he did the Akira, and therefore he's the one that could have come to do Anaha and be liable if he would have not done in partnership. And the same thing, the, the case number four, that the, Ani, the, the householder took the hound, uh, stretched his hand through the window, and the Ani is the one that placed the object into the householder's hand, the householder never did the Akira. He never would have come to be high of Hatas. It was only the Ani. So again, and the same thing in, this, in the, the last cases, that the mission was only focusing on the one doing the Melacha, the, the Akira. Now, the, 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 the second shot in Rashi is that maybe by extending the hand, is the one that is considered doing mo- most of the Melacha. The one extending it and either bringing it in, bring it from the outside in, like the Ani, or, or the, or the Balabai from inside that he brought his hand in. So, according to Second Pshat and Rashi, one is focusing at the one with the hand extended because he's the one that might end up doing the entire Melacha. And the third Pshat of the Sunday Gemara is not, not the one only extending the hand. But the one that was extending the hand, laden with the, with, the, with the object in his hand, is the one that might have come to do the melach. So this is one understanding why the Mishnah only speaks about eight instead of speaking about 12. Just to end up this topic, so the Gemara brings a source. How do we know that when you do a melach in partnership, you are exempt? So says the Gemara. Shnem Pturin. Says the Gemara. Shnem Pturin. Why, in the case when did in partnership, both are exempt? If if Melacha was done in combination by both of them. So look in the footnote number eight. According to Toysos. There was even a thought that maybe, I know, that only one of them should be the main one doing the melachas, which is Akira. Maybe he's the one, no, I'm sorry. No, according to Tosos, the one that ended up the melacha, did the anacha, maybe he, in the Avamina now, maybe he's the one should be liable, because he had, even though he didn't do the Akira, because ended, the one that ended the melacha, finalizing the, the act of placing the object from domain to domain, maybe he will be the one should be liable, according to to Sfas Emes and the and the Pnei Yeshua. No, maybe at this stage the Gemara is asking, maybe both should be liable. Says the Gemara, no, you know why no? Tanya Rabbi Yomer, because Rabbi Yudanasi learns this from a pasuk in in Vaikra, when the Torah instructs instructs if somebody by mistake does a melach and Shabbos that he needs to bring a korban, a sacrifice, hatas, a sin offering, says the Gemara, me'aham aret ve'asota. When the person of the people, ve'asota, when he did the labor. So 
When he did the labor. So we're speaking about a single person, says the verse, when he did the labor. So from here, and this is the end of the verse. From here, Rabbi Udanasi says, we learn that the Torah meant aose et kula. Only when one person does the entire melacha. Velo aose et mixata. And not when somebody did some of the act. And also, yachid reasaota chayav. Because he spoke in singular, an individual, when he did it, he's going to be liable. But if two people did the melacha, this is the principle from this verse that they're going to be exempt. Going back to Toysos is kind of one aspect of, of teaching us the same principle. Even if you did a little bit of the melacha, if you did a little bit of the melacha, you are not obligated. Or two people in partnership doing it together, they're not obligated. To the second opinion, the Spasemes and the Yeshua, that initially the Gemara thought maybe even when two people do it, they should be liable. So the second part of the price is teaching us no, that if two people in partnership do a melacha, the Pasuk says, when he, only he does it, then we have to bring a korban, not by two people doing the melacha. And then the Gemara brings, from another rabbi, the same principle of Rabbi Denasi. In Barnami was taught the same thing by Amar Abichia Bar Gamda. Abichia Gamda said the same thing. Now, because the previous teaching was Rabbi Udanasi, so we have to say, look in the fundos, that this Abichia Bar Gamda must be, an Amor, must be a Tana also. Because the Torah wouldn't bring Amora, a rabbi from the Gemara time, to prove a point of Rabbi Udanasi if he was a Tana. So this teaching must also be from Tanaim, this question was placed in front of all the, of the team of rabbis, and they gave the same answer. That the pasuk, the Torah said the word when he does the melacha. So from here we learn the same principle. If a single person did all the melacha, then he's going to be liable. But two people doing a melacha in partnership, they're going to be exempt.